Yeah. Uh, 120. You know how we do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need a click. <laughs> how you starting? Are you going to like start introduce? We're just going to sit down, baby. Make sure my mic works first of all. I feel you. All right. Oh, damn. You loud and shit. Loud and shit. All right. Wait, We're which, here. What channel he's in? Turn him down. I, I can't <laughs> turn him down. <laughs> I, can't, I can't turn him down. This is his house. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for the remainder. <laughs> Sorry. Hit, hit yours. I was going to ask if you could hear that ice clinking in there. No. All right. Well, thank you all for joining the company. Oh, we're rolling right now? We're rolling right now. Okay, great. Um, you go. Yeah, you saw it. Yeah, Jesus. So we were talking about earlier, um, y'all are doing this tonight. Yes. Y'all have one tomorrow. Yes. Uh, we couldn't do Thursday and Friday because um, of gigs. Thursday we are at the Artmosphere in Lafayette. Friday... What I'm doing Friday? No, I'm off Friday. Oh, yeah. Saturday is a private wedding at some mansion. Elm's Mansion, uptown. Uh, and Sunday we're in that Fouchon, bro. And Thursday afternoon, there's some kind of filming thing. We're doing some kind of TV interview thing. Oh yeah, we're doing a, a New Orleans Musician. dot com interview Thursday. Mm, that's exciting. So at one point, does it get? Uh, are y'all done dealing with each other's shit when it comes to each other's shit? Oh, I don't get tired of his shit. No, it, no? It, not at all. We I don't think we've ever had a uh, real argument. Uh uh-uh. But I get tired of other people's shit a lot. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That started for me about uh, you know six months ago. Uh, Ninety nine. Yeah, for him. Like, long time. <laughs> she was one. <laughs> well, on that, I was wondering too. I want to ask y'all how long have both of y'all been playing music? Like separately, not together. You go first. Um, 1998. To, I, I don't math me. I went to public school. What, how long ago was that? Actually, the, I was born in 98, so 24 years. 24 years. There you go. Uh, my first gig was in 1985. <gasps> I was in sixth grade. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You were the shit. He was about to age you. <laughs> Yeah, I was like uh, 32 at the time. Ooh, <laughs> right. I was going to lose it. Yeah. That's pretty intense. That's as yeah. long as I've been alive. First first bar gig, I was 13. Was it like, mm, that was going to sound so bad. Was it, was it legal back then? Or was it in Fouchon? It was in it's Homa, and my um, my dad had to go for me to get in. It was at Fantasies in Homa. So you were in like a band band at 13? Yeah. That's pretty sick. Opening right. opening for Zebra at 13 years old. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> it's a podcast, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was 15, uh, my godfather, uh, Kevin Saban, hit me up one time and was like, hey, man. Uh, I had my little teen band going all the time. He was like, hey, man, look, I got this group of guys. I think you know a couple of them. We all getting together on Beck's Barge. And we got a rehearsal. Can you learn the songs? And he sent me the set list. And I was like, I guess. Um, and I'm learning cover songs for like the first time in my life or whatever. And let's get an email out of the blue. I think it was my first email I, with my email address. I still use it as day. And it was from Jerry Martin. And it was the entire Siamese Dream uh, notation and tablature book for the entire album for 
uh, every instrument. Was it cut off t-shirts at hotmail.com? Cut off t-shirts at hotmail.com. He said he wasn't going to use them. <laughs> I can't wait till Kevin Savan hears that you plugged him in this podcast. He'll be so happy. Yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I totally remember that now. I'd forgotten it, but yeah, I totally remember that. I showed up, and it was just for a, what, a rocket? We did play rocket. Yeah. Rocket maybe. No, it was just rocket. And yeah, it, it, the whole book. It was like 600 pages of PDFs. I didn't learn it, by the way. He, didn't, he did not. Shocker. <laughs> I have no idea what y'all talking about. Like, literally at all, whatsoever. That's good. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I think he's just um, making a point in how I over-detail. Mm, I've always heard that. So, also. About me? I know that you play so many different instruments. What uh-huh. did you start on when uh, you were 13? Guitar. Yeah? Yeah. What instruments do you play, MJ? Uh, like the bagpipes. That honestly would be pretty sick. I saw that. It's not true. I am like, I'm like a, uh, a a novice piano player and a less than novice guitar player. Hmm. Um, I like piano though. But good enough on on both of them to to uh, to be able to write my own stuff. Obviously, know? and yes. then and then turn it over to smart people. I was about to say yeah. that's got to be a fun thing for both people when it comes to actually writing, to where. You know, you have a song idea in your head. You know how you want it to sound. You know where you want it to go vocally, uh, where you want it to, with, I'm just getting to as a writer, where you want it to take the listener, which I found is a very important thing. And then when you hand it off to him, you know, he's able to actually take it and put on those chords that you go, oh. That's yeah. yeah, no, I think that was like a huge part of our writing process and something I never did before was I would try to write songs on, uh, usually on guitar, and my knowledge of it is so limited that there were things that I wanted to, that I knew I, I could hear vocally uh, that were in the natural progression of the song, mm-hmm. but I just didn't, I, I wasn't good enough to know it. So what we did this time around, well, the, the last record in this one, is I started doing most of it through just voice memos, where I would, you know, pick a tempo, maybe a key, and just kind of sing the melody of the song from start to finish and let him pick those parts out mm-hmm. musically and even sometimes when I went somewhere he would go to a different place uh, you know a, a chord in the same structure and I was like oh that, that's even better than what I thought um, just because he knows his way around a guitar so easily that it, it's just second nature to him and he mm-hmm. knows where it could go options of where the song could go you know musically so I think it worked out for the best and I I don't know that he and I will ever write any differently than that, unless for some reason, you know, I get the ghost of Dave Mustaine, you know, <laughs> takes over my body one day. You know? But um, no, I, I I think it's been working out great. I don't I don't see us doing anything else. The only other option for me at this point would be, uh, you know, if, like you did with the song the other day. You know, if you come to me with, you know, with full arrangements, and then you know we we do lyrics kind of afterwards. But that's not really how we write. You know, mm-hmm. so, songs for us are normally uh, stories first, lyrics, then vocal melodies, then music. So it's it's kind of written in what traditionally I would think is like a reverse order. That's gotta be so freeing as a writer, as somebody like you that's writing the lyrics or the story that you wanna write about, and as you as the composer, I guess I would like to call it an aspect, um, because you know your duty. Yeah. You know, and that just simplifies it. Everything. This is what you know. It it really does because, as you know, when you're writing a song, 
the the nucleus of it is the hook it's the lyric it's the story and sometimes that doesn't come well most times it doesn't come till the end and that's the hard part is coming up with a hook something memorable the way we write it's already there all i can do is mess it up yeah right so and sometimes he'll sing a note that i might play like a c chord but he might hit a note inside of that that inspires a different voicing of a chord that mm -hmm. i would have never thought about so it frees me up a bit or challenges me also you know it's it's constraining in one way and that the melody is there and then this is the structure of the song and here's the intent and the emotional um yeah, con yeah, yeah. content right uh -huh. so i have to as a guitar player or songwriter uh, honor that but it also frees me up a lot as far as a uh, kind of breaking out of the things that i'm used to doing mm -hmm. yeah i mean i noticed that when we were in the studio for the shovel and company record you can check it on those platforms now <laughs> um sorry um but when we were tracking war um it was there I don't know, 80%. And that second verse wasn't written. And I was like, I got a few choruses of songs that I've written before. Let's, you know, see how that works out. And I came up, I showed how I wanted them to sound like. Um, but as a non-singer, like you're saying with those certain notes inside there, I don't know what notes are available to hit. Right. To me, it's the one, four, five, or a three, you know, yeah. maybe, you know, something like that. And then when you started as a singer, it's different, almost like we were saying earlier with the guitar player thing. Hearing so much stuff, I was like, oh, God, yes, just do your thing. And you look, kept looking back, is that, is that fine? Yes, it could. Do whatever you want. <laughs> this is your song now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that night. Like, that was written kind of on the spot. That you was, were sick. That was awesome. Yeah. That's what, uh, I don't know if y'all had listened to JP's podcast, but we had talked about it on there, and that's all I thought about the whole time y'all were just talking about that, was that Bubba kept saying, he was like, I don't, I don't know, I'm not really 100% sure how I want it sung, and he was like, and MJ would sing something, and it's good, it's good, it's almost there, and he's like, but to move forward and to really push, I don't know which one of y'all said it, push that emotion straight through it, which you could do like with guitar, is he was saying like yeah i'll tell mj the story of like what the lyrics mean and then mj just it clicked and he pushed that em emotion mm. through so it's like you could do it with guitar mj amazing sing singer can do it fabulously well, vocally that just reminded me we're in the studio tracking a, a new song called caught in the rain and we brought taylor in to do a solo like last second like i just called him like come to the studio taylor not a red stick record y'all yeah <laughs> hi taylor so he showed up with his kids like canceled his plans just plugged his guitar in, never heard the song. He sat down with his guitar, and instead of, he kind of asked me what key it was in. I was like, C? And then he looked at MJ Question and mark? said, what is this song about? And then MJ explained the whole song to him, and he went, okay. And then he played guitar, and I was like, I'll, that was a big lesson for me. Like, yeah. he wanted the emotional content. All right, all right. to go back to war, that was that's beautiful. Uh, I learned a lot, so much the way uh, doing, I don't, I don't want to keep going back to my album, but just having y'all two in the studio in there, um, you sang a part like she was saying, it was like, yeah, it's there, I need, um, it's good. And Jerry looked me in the eyes and said, what aren't you saying? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's just not there. Okay, what do you need? And I was like, um, uh, I don't know, I, I threw out an adjective. You're like, yeah. okay, that's what I need to know. 
And then that just, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing of what do you need? Yeah. You know, that changes everything. We're here. We're telling a story. You know, I'm trying to do it. We're all trying to do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's certainly important things, especially whenever you're, uh, like I was doing for you at that time, you know, trying to create or recreate emotion from things that were personal to you and not personal to me, you know. So um, to understand where you were coming from, you know, where's this story going from A to Z and mm-hmm. and are we meeting the intent of what you wanted the listener to, to hear and understand. So I think that's a, it was a, a definitely a lesson for, for me as well. Um, it was the first time I think that I've ever done that. Uh, well, maybe second time, but uh, first time on a project that I really cared about. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a different type of recording environment to something like that as well because i wanted to record everything in this room you know i recorded most of the stuff in this room all the music parts and everything um obviously um but the way y'all are doing the new album right now uh is it mainly all at brian's full band on step yeah we demo every song uh we basically do the voice memo Thing where he'll send me uh, parts I'll write the music out and then we get together and we do full acoustic demos to a click track send them to the musicians we get in the room and we play it live mm. live like drums bass guitar keyboards all live uh, we do multiple every once in a while we'll do a punch if it takes great and we don't think we can recapture it we might do a measure or if if maybe Mark missed a bass note we'll punch a bass note or something with Brian on drums, but for the most part, we're playing live in the room. It's track live. Mm-hmm. Remo- wow. Okay. And then I'll I'll take it home and you know over you know how I, I work. I, yeah, yeah. I, you're only doing one guitar part in the studio. Yeah. You get home, you send back Brian. You know, oh, here's 32 extra. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and, and it's a post production that stuff that happens. Obviously, when you're doing stuff live, you know, we lining up kick drum and snare drum to a click track. Yeah. You know, moving stuff around. Um, but I think the the, the difference, the key difference between this record and the last one was that, well, A, Jerry played bass and guitar on the last record. And um, that was a kind of a fly-by-night decision because something that we had thought mm-hmm. was going to happen fell through. Um, and so we did um, bass and drums kind of live in the studio. And then everything else was sort of just placed on top of that. Um, but this, this time we had the opportunity because everybody was going to be there yeah like let's just let's just do it all let's do it all together in the room so what was cool was we record these uh what i call pre-production demos which we do at jerry's studio which is just me singing and playing guitar and we send that out to everybody who's going to play on the record to give them time to kind of stew on it and figure out what they may think they want to do and really just familiarize themselves with the tune so that when we go into the studio it's not the first time they heard it Mm -hmm. and uh and it gives them a chance to be creative and and write their own parts you know so i mean like mark kravanic for instance who's you know playing bass on the record i mean he's essentially uh helping write the song because everything that he's playing is his own part you know it's not it's not like we wrote a bass line and said here go play this for me you know so i think it's a it's a much cooler way to to do it and it's very interesting for us because the first time we're hearing these songs with drums with bass with keyboards is in the room with everybody else i was about to say yeah that was the point i was getting at that's a trip Mm-hmm. And so there's a little bit of excitement for me. It's like, oh, shit, this really rocks. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm and, trying to keep it together, and I'm also, like, really excited. Yeah. If you ever been to Brignac Studio, you know, there's so many options for drums and drum sounds 
um, and it just uh, vocal mics, uh, percussion sounds, anything you want. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a B3 in there. You know, it's all this stuff, right? So it's like whenever you get in there to lay a song down and you get this this drum sound that you, you might not like or you might think could be improved, it's like, man, we, we can get this a little looser, snare a little looser, or this bass drum a little more open. We, we just go do it and then just retrack it, right? It's all there. Like in seconds, we make it happen. So we're not really stuck on anything and married to anything while we're doing it. I mean, it's just a time thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But for most of most of the songs, I would say on average, uh, six or seven takes, maybe. A couple of hours at the most, from zero to one hundred. Yeah, of of not having a song at all to being done with the song. We did the whole album in two days. Yeah. Lord, I was about to ask that: is that a song a day, or is that just? No, no, no. We did four. Four, four one day and four the next day. Yeah. And we had No, four one day, three the next day, and we had two and, already done. Yeah, we had yeah, two already done, and we did one night before. Yeah. Um, and look, we're when I say we're playing together, we're in the same room. Mm. You literally in the room mics can hear my guitar. You can hear the click track. Yeah, yeah. So if you, have, if you play a wrong note, we have to do it over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's also, that's something, one, to go back to the first part, I was um, explaining that to JP the other day. Because we had played um, downtown Thibodeau on that stage the other day, and he was like, "Man, this is only my second gig with a full band." He's freaking out. My like, dude, you got musicians with you. Let us do all mm-hmm. the heavy lifting. You yeah. get your point across, and all we're gonna do is just compliment what you want to do. Um, the second part of that was we played some of his original songs that I've only did scratch acoustic tracks in here for. And whenever he got to hear it with the band and play it with the band and us dig in, it, you know, blew his mind. He's so excited, makes him, you know, more pumped up to get his stuff out. So taking that aspect and putting in recording with the full band, you're able to dig in for those parts and actually get emotional. Mm-hmm. Because if the drums are done first, you know, on the record, you can only get, you know, as as you know emotional or sincere as you want to get with a part if yeah. nobody else is doing it no and that's a, in in my past life any recording that i've ever done was from before these two projects was all you get into a studio you play it sort of live you get a drum track down first and then that drum track everything is built on top of mm-hmm. so once the drum once once you say thumbs up on a drum track that's it it's locked yeah. in forever right and then you start building on top of that drum track. So I think that this way is cooler because there's literally nothing that can happen where we can't just stop and say, let's do this exactly. instead. Let's do this instead. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the scariest things ever is that the album comes out and you're like, oh, shit. You hear something, you know, and it's not yeah. that it's too late, but it's gone. Yeah. And that's the best thing about being able to play it with a band over and over and over again. And, and not just the band aspect. It's the musical minds in the room that are thinking and stewing and you know constantly coming up with ideas it's not just me in a mm-hmm. room in a studio by myself saying man i wish we would have done this now everybody's gone right like we're all here it's like hey why don't you, hey let's stop stop for a second let's try this uh-huh. if it's if it's shit then get rid of it if it's awesome then we'll keep it right that's the coolest part about it you know and and you know as a guitar player even dynamically almost every song i kept the part I played on the floor I thought I want to play a part that's going to go throughout the entire song and I'm going to overdub on top of that mm. and I've tried to replace some parts where I didn't think the sound was great 
but what I couldn't replicate was me playing softer in the verses and harder in the choruses mm. because Brian was killing me with the snare drum or mm-hmm. you know Travis is looking at me you know you can't replicate that yeah know? yeah and I'll sacrifice the sound for that feel any day yeah. so all those parts that I played on the floor made it so that's new for me and and you I know was, I was about to say yeah I mean that's a hundred percent from my last record recording everything in here and they're coming out and like I'm like it's missing a little bit of the authenticity of what a band would sound like when it plays it because uh, it's Faith I, Faith was the first song I wrote I wrote that song four years ago it got released in June of this year it never got played as a full band ever we finally played as a full band. I'm like, that's what it would sound like as a band? Are you shitting me? Like, <laughs> right. What the fuck is this? Damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I hope we continue to have the opportunity to do that. I mean, unless we're making an electronic dance record, I, I, I yeah. this is the way I want to move forward. It's, I've made records every kind of way, and this has been my favorite so far. It's like, what's the point in having like these, the, you know, the people at the top of their game at these instruments yeah if you're not using their minds as well as their ability right yeah so it's like to be in that room with a travis Thibodeau or mark gravanic or brian brignac and to be able to say hey what do you think if we did this and then just be able to do it mm-hmm. it's irreplaceable we yeah. had one song where we the intro was kind of this chili peppers type riff thing and it's like what if we just like turned it into a party and you just did a bass solo over, like, it was like the, a 16 bar thing and Mark's like yeah okay cool and we just tracked the entire song again and when we got to that part he played this one take amazing bass solo like we had no idea what was going to happen and that's what's on the record yeah that's awesome that's awesome but like, we had no idea what was going to happen so uh, take let's take that aspect and move it to where I was just saying being able to play it, play it live so I mean when did Rust come out? Uh, April 2021. Okay. So, obviously, we've been playing the album for a while now. Oh, yeah. What's one song that, no matter what, still playing with everybody, you do not get tired of playing? Oh, Out Alive. Out yeah. Alive? Yeah. That's, I think that's my... I mean, it's it's the... I would say it's the, always the most streamed song on, on the record, but it's, mm-hmm. it's my favorite one for multiple reasons. I think the main reason is because I think it as a whole encompasses the story of the record. Um, so if you listen to it uh, and the lyrics behind it, then you kind of understand what. Well, that's what, is that where Rust is pulled from? That Rust is pulled from that. Red turns to blue, gold turns to rust. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's sort of the you know the the cornerstone of that record. But and and also it's just I just love the song you know. Um, so I think. Uh, when we first started playing it live, I've always said, I was like, this song will always be played live. Uh-huh. Like, even if we record 10 records and we stop playing all songs on this record, <laughs> yeah. we're going to play that song. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's my... Absolutely. Well, let's check that out now. Last winter Tell me I'm wrong Tell me there's no chance You knew it all along Unbreak these chains Bring me in from the cold Open up to these whispers and words that 
pretend it was out of my control. I am not yours, and I am not strong. I am still the man you left, and these still ain't the words of our song. It's been 400 days, and a thousand things I've tried. I just keep walking through the flames. I never make it out of life. Red turns to blue, gold turns to rust. Everything you heard was true. There's no me enough for us. I'm the elephant in the room. You can see me for miles around But every step I pull closer to you My love won't ever make a sound But I am not yours And I am not strong I am still the man you left And these still ain't the words who are song been 400 days and a thousand things I've tried I just keep walking through the flames I'll never make it out alive hey part of me is Crazy, crazy without you But I am just a man So I am But I am not yours And I am not strong I am still the man you left And these still ain't the words who are song been 400 days and a thousand things I've tried I just keep walking through the flames I never made it out alive I just keep walking through the flames I never make it out alive Thank y'all. That sounded great. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> That's that was a, a fun part about doing this whole, you know, the podcast and all. Um, was because one, I'm connected into the Jean Bon Company stuff, so it's given me another outlet. But two. This is acoustic gigs for me. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I know for sure. You know, I'm able to do this. We're able to have fun. Able to have like people like y'all on, friends and all. Um, and it just also gets listeners. Um, 
you know, uh, we we recorded one last week, and I start I went deep into a song, into heaven, and started explaining some stuff, and she was kind of like, a mm, little too deep, but, you know, it gives uh, your listeners, you know, more stuff than they would be able to take from a song or hear from a song like that because I write a lot of songs that are take what you need songs you know I was playing that to JP the other day um, you know and a lot of people do there is one person Jason Isbell um, who writes all of his songs himself <laughs> no ghost riders oh what I was curious you don't know you don't know I also don't believe Taylor Swift writes her own songs either, and I'll fight somebody on that one. Well, let's, let's, let's take it to the yard. Yeah, take it to the yard. <laughs> because, because she 100% does. Yeah, absolutely. Does she really? Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't, like, I don't, actually, I don't listen to much It's a really whatever. big thing. Yeah, she, she does. I did? Okay, good. Good for her. Yeah. She's doing great. Yeah, she's she's having a pretty good career. Yeah. Yeah, I think she'll be fine. Yeah. Taylor, look, if you're watching she, this, she missed she, she missed zero rent payments this year. Yeah. Good show. Not a single one. They let me off of Ida last year, but I was fucking. Uh, I wanted to say something yeah. that made me forget. Oh, just the whole thing. Uh, I wanted to tell you about that. The also part that's really cool of having different musicians coming on. So my sister watched JP's one from last week, and she was like, "I didn't. I like y'all talk about JP, but I didn't even know he does music. And I really, really like his songs. Like I think I'm gonna start listening to him. And mm -hmm. then so there's that for exposure for one, and then just getting to know people because like I am. <laughs> Dave Girl and Stevie Nicks, anything that they do and just want to talk about, I will listen 100% just because I love them so much. So I think it's also really cool for like normal people that might just see MJ from Jumbo and Company or just see Jerry literally everywhere on Facebook and be like, oh, that's cool. Like now you actually get to, you almost feel like you meet them because it's just BSing like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And it's also most musicians, you know, there's, a, there's avenues out there and different media for you to talk about your songs and songwritings but in this venue it's like you get to learn about the person yeah you know, what kind of movies they yeah. like you know well we were what's your favorite color you know, <laughs> like, you know, me yeah. and jerry were just talking about that uh earlier we were talking about how um long communication's almost gone between people now um you know you, it's almost like a, a cursing and a blessing as far as the you know social media platforms come because you get on it and that's your life you know i'm a victim of it she's a victim of it of just staying on the phone the whole time you know like we'll sit on the sofa together you know then this is a great way for us to actually be able to sit down and have a long conversation with people yeah. you know which barely happens anymore this is the longest i've ever talked to you in my life we did a record together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we've had long conversations only because we spent a year in the studio together. <laughs> Literally. But, yeah, I was thinking about that even when I was giving, we were talking about how we recorded live. I was like, am I talking too long? But I think those details are important. It gives us an opportunity to not just say, we recorded it live. Yeah. Period. Okay. No. Cool. We recorded it live. Yeah. Like, we're in the same room. You could hear, like, you know. Just the elaboration of the process, I think it's it's awesome. Yeah. The opportunity for us to do that. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of like, uh, to go back to that, um, Led Zeppelin, 
um, when the levee breaks, mm -hmm. the drums on that song, you know, uh, if you isolate the drums, you hear the spring from his kick pedal hitting. And, you know, when you record it live, you hear something new every single time you can listen to that record. Yeah. Which doesn't happen when you record, you know, track by track, everybody, you know, at the house, whatever like that. You kind of hear, you might hear some other stuff. But when a band plays it together, you know, it changes every single emotional level of where the song should be taken to, taking you, you know. Yeah. Which is my whole new thing. I'm going to keep repeating that all night. Yeah. Where the song should be. And look, I can, appreciate, <laughs> I can appreciate it done in, in, in any way, you know. Um Specifically, like genre specific, you know, if I mm -hmm. were, if I were recording a, a, a techno song or a trap song, yeah, take, taking it track by track, line by line, it might be the, the ticket. But you know, in this type of environment, it can be done the other way. It could. I, I do think you lose a little bit of the emotion of the song, and just the natural dynamics of musicians playing as a band together in a room, uh, like Jerry was talking about earlier. You know. Uh, chorus kicks in and I, I start playing differently and playing more aggressively with more attack mm. um, you lose that whenever you're doing it kind of track by track and you you try to recreate it in post-production where you're bringing levels up and down and things like yeah, that yeah 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 but uh, you know you, you can never really truly mimic it you know? now let me ask that uh, that's a fun one that I've always wondered how much or is it at all a breath of a breath of fresh air whenever y'all are able to go from the wedding gigs to the MJ Dordor gigs. The balance of those two is really good for me. Mm. Um, the MJ Dordor gigs, I love them because uh, they're loose. We have a kind of a revolving door of musicians a bit. Um, so there's more opportunity to stretch out. Uh, different players bring different things. Um, for someone like me who likes to plan sometimes it's really <laughs> tough and the wedding our wedding band is it's a machine it's like being in Toto or something it's like yeah we say it all the time we do not even look back yeah the it's, band we're playing with is as solid I mean it's for, yeah. for me as a singer it'd be this it'd be like singing karaoke like f for 110% certainty there's nothing that's gonna go wrong behind me it's it's I'm just at the microphone with the crowd. I feel yeah. like everybody y'all have to be all so tight, like you were just saying that everybody is just playing to tracks at that point. That yeah. it feels like that. Yeah, that, that band is so solid. Um, so the comfort level is there. Mm -hmm. uh, with MJ Daughter our band, it's a little bit looser, and and I like both worlds. I like yeah. to, I like to have those two. The dichotomy of those two works really well for me. And it's cool. I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's it's uh it's it's typically Jerry, Mark, and Tim and I, right? And then uh, keyboard players is a couple, depending on the night. Um, sometimes we add a second guitar player, sometimes we don't. And based on the band makeup, we'll dictate the set list. Uh, it'll dictate, you know, the way that we, you know, approach songs and maybe even some of the arrangements of the songs um, just based on, you know, who's who's there that night. So it's, it, it's a... I'm not saying it's uncomfortable, but it creates a little bit of, of versatility where we can do different things and cater to some of those other folks in the band's strong suits and things like that. So I think they're both, they both have their pros and cons. Um, but the wedding band thing is, uh, like I said, it's, it's so locked in, you know, and to me that there's a, there's a bit of fun 
and just the concept of knowing that I'm going to show up tonight, we're going to play for four hours, and there's going to be no mistakes. It will get played like the record from start to finish. I've never played a gig no. that ever happened. And, oh, then, you know. and then you know the crowd's going to be there. You know they're going to be attentive. It's mm. going to be a party. So all of those variables are out. All right. you have to do is do your job. Right. Yeah. There's no like, hey, about there's no like how, how many tickets did we sell tonight? Mm-hmm. You know, is there going to be a crowd? You know who's going to be there? Are they going to be filmed? Is they're turning it up. They're doing it. Yeah. No matter you, what. You're showing up. There's 300 people. They're going to be in your face all night long. In yeah. your face, wanting yeah. to be there. You know, and, and people make fun of wedding bands, like the movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> The one thing that I will strain you with this microphone, (laughs) (laughs) and I did too before I I joined the wedding band. I was all about you know indie rock and um, originals, but the one thing that gets that got lost on me is that you're sharing these people's moments, and it was I remember the the night it was a father daughter dance and we did Wildflowers by Tom Petty. Yes, and I barely made it through the song. It was like okay, I am creating this soundtrack for this, these people's lives and when you think of how many wedding pictures we've been in how many wedding videos we've played hundreds of weddings right oh yeah so I mean y- we're probably what 50 a year yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. lord yeah. 52 weeks in a year baby shut up Christian yeah. <laughs> so you know yeah but we're it, the whole scene is above the joke a bit with certain musicians but you're sharing people's moments their lives it's a big deal I played uh I remember I texted you something about it, but uh, my friends Jacob and Mallory got married, and they just wanted me to play background music the entire time, and it was all um, landslide, um, whatever songs, and was nervous because I'm like it's just me with a guitar playing, but I'm just off to the side. I'm just making spaceship noises at this point. Yeah, just playing, and then I'm like, all right, I got this song. Uh, when the grandparents <laughs> walk up whenever the groomsmen walk up and whatever. Then right before it started, the wedding planner goes and walks and swaps all of them. Oh, like like it went in a different order? So yeah, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah. trying to get their attention, and she looks at me and she goes, yeah. yeah. Which she already told me there was going to be a 20-minute break, and I was already about to piss on myself. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, okay. So I just started playing Landslide, which was the wrong song. She looks at me, so I stop it, and then the song I was supposed to be playing is Capo at four. So how do you go from a C to a Capo four? I'm like, okay, well that would be G. Now I have to mm-hmm. transport. I am freaking out. Yeah. And I think I had texted you before that because uh, I had a, a knew someone else that was getting married, and they wanted to, they wanted me to re-record a song for them mm-hmm. to walk down the aisle for, and I was like. How do you do that for a wedding? That has like that's the most important day of their life. Right. That is the most stressful thing I could ever think of, of playing for that when they're walking down. And you had told me a story. Um, it was you got uh, asked to play a song for the um, father daughter. It might have been the wildflowers thing. That's that that sticks with me. Yeah. And you had told me that, and you were like, it was the most stressful thing I've ever, you know, yeah. I had almost had to endure. Yeah, yeah, we're in the bow, and in, in the um, the entrance of the where was that when contemporary I... arts uh, oh, CAC, and no, that was the Museum of Art, no, Noma, Noma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in the the big part of Noma where the stairs are, and I think I sang it. I did. I didn't sing it. Yeah, I did. So it was just me and a guitar. Literally hundreds of people. They're walking down the stairs. 
<laughs> father daughter dance and I'm, I'm there with the guitar like doing wildflowers and like you know as a father that has a daughter it's like you know you you put yourself in that moment like but talking about that thing you're talking about how things kind of like switch up on you at the last minute it's like we've been doing it so long now that I would say like seven or eight years ago when I first started in wedding bands I think it was about that long ago yeah about that long um, I, I would get these nervous feelings at the beginning of, of, of those gigs after the first hour of it, you're just playing a show, basically. But the, fir- yeah. the, the first hour is, you know, you got to organize the speeches. There's an entrance song. There's a, a father-daughter, you know, mother-son, first dance, all this stuff, right? And what I've learned over the years is that, A, those things can change on the spot. So you got to be able to adjust to that. But B, and this is not arrogant at all, it, it will come off that way, so fuck it. No. I, I, we know better than they know about how this is going to go. Mm. You know, like I, I, I'll, I'll give you like an example. You know, we'll get this schedule from a, from like a wedding planner, and it'll say, "Hey, we want you to play. Uh, we're gonna do the ceremony, and then we're gonna flip the space, and then everybody's gonna come in, and as soon as it starts the reception, we're gonna go into first dances, and it'll show in the schedule. Ceremony ends at six thirty. First dances at six thirty-five. And I'll we'll we'll just look at it. Yeah, that's that's never gonna fucking happen, mm-hmm. right? And it, so no, I'm telling you, it's gonna be like this. It's gonna happen. I'm like, okay, it's not gonna happen. And then an hour later, we're playing a cocktail set, and they still haven't walked into the fucking yeah, room. Yeah, they're still yet. taking pictures. Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. like it's like trust me, like I I I know this. This happens every every night, right? So, um, so this is little like nuances that you pick up, and it makes you less nervous over time. Because I had this feeling too, six or seven years ago, about just what Jerry said, where it's like. This is this might be our fiftieth wedding of the year, but this is their one wedding, and if I fuck this up, then they're gonna remember this forever. Yeah, they're gonna talk about this is their twentieth anniversary. So I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta I gotta tell you this story. This is fucking hilarious. This is my this is my favorite my favorite MJ fuck up of all time. So this is a probably uh, I'm gonna say 2017 2018 somewhere around there, and we're playing a wedding at uh, at Pato's on the river. And uh, I had to go, as as part of the MC for the night, I had to go to the ceremony, which was at the Cabildo. So I, I had to basically go set up a officiant mic, a speaker stand for the officiant so they could do the ceremony at the Cabildo. Then basically pack all that shit up, put it in my truck, and drive back down to Cater to get to Paddles in the River in time to beat the wedding party there so we could start the reception. So I'm already stressing about that because of traffic yeah, no and pressure, parking and all this shit, right? So um, so I get there, and uh, we've got uh, in the band that night, it's all of us, um, plus some uh, horn players from New Orleans. I know Emily, Emily Fredrickson was in it for sure, but I can't remember who else. But I remember like one of their first dances was um, uh, Best of You by Foo Fighters, which I thought was cool. Like, well, that's a cool ass. Like, no one would ever do that, right? So we, like, we had to learn that, and whatever. And... Uh, we get this thing from the wedding planner, uh, from the producer of the wedding. It's like a gig sheet, and it has all the notes and all the things you need to know. But most importantly, it has the the name of the bride and groom, their mother and fathers, and then the bridal party, right? So I we get set up for the song. I'm sweating. You know, I'm like, we're about to get down to the first dance, and uh, they're walking into the room. And lo- as soon as they walk in, I get on the thing, and I'm looking at the names, and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, welcome for only the second time tonight. Mr. and Mrs. Rob Manetti. And the crowd starts clapping. Oh. And uh, I didn't uh, didn't think anything of it, you know? I was just like, whatever. 
And uh, throughout the night, I said it again. And a few times, Mr. and Mrs. Minetti, blah, blah, blah. And uh, at some point, one of the groomsmen walks up to me. And he says, uh, hey, the groom's last name is Ingram. And uh, that, that Minetti is the is the bride's last name. I was like, fuck. <laughs> fuck, man. And I was like, man, I'm going to have to live with this forever. So about 30 more minutes go into the gig. And I start looking at people in the room. And I'm noticing that they're they're recognizable to me, like in a famous way. And I'm like, who are these fucking people, right? I had already figured out what we were doing. <laughs> the, the, the saxophone player for the revivalist is Rob Ingraham. It was it was his fucking wedding, dude. It was his I, wedding. I saw David Shaw. I was like, I fucking called David him. I called, I called him by the wrong fucking name, his wife's name, all night long, dude. And I was like, the I don't know that I've ever fucked that up before or since. But talk about the worst time to do it. The one. And Emily Fredrickson, who's a, a Pretty like world-renowned trombone player behind us. Mm. She's laughing her fucking ass off too. She knows and, Rob actually. Yeah, <laughs> and I and I'm just like, what? And they're like, you <laughs> fucked that all up. <laughs> so I wound up like contacting the producer for the wedding and like, could you please like send them an apology, like whatever, like something, you know? Yeah. So it's like we, I was, I could not fucking believe that I did that, and, and so like now every time I get these gig sheets. I'll look at the names like over and over and over again. Am I getting this right? Am I getting this right? Am I getting this right? And it's like, are these people famous, by the way? You know? Uh, so, yeah, that was. I, I hope he listens to this one day. Sorry, Rob. I, I, <laughs> I'll actually send it to David. Fuck that all up. Oh, man. It's so embarrassing. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, the guy walks up and says, hey, no big deal. Because he's not mad because he's like very easygoing, but uh, totally not Manetti. I'm like, shit. <laughs> And it was funny because I was telling these... Uh, this, Where did Benetti come from? That was his wife's maiden name. Oh, okay. So it says yeah, it on the yeah, gig yeah, sheet, yeah, yeah. like her name and his name, right? And I just like crossed them mm -hmm. up. But I was telling this joke before the show started because Minetti is the guy's name from Starsky and Hutch. I don't even remember watch that movie. And he's like... He's like, uh, these are those are fucking hand towels. The big towels are up there. He's like, God damn it, he's <laughs> right, Manetti. Right, right. And I was, I was telling that story, and no one said anything to me the whole time. And then I fucking called him by the wrong name. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, wedding. That, that's the uh, the hardest part about wedding weddings is the first hour. You know, you got to get the names right and announce people the right way. Um, and obviously, you know, the learning the, the dances, right? But a lot of times, I'll say like around here, like in the Homa, Thibodeau, Morgan City area, most of the time the first dance is the shit that you you typically have heard of, mm -hmm. you know. it's the Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee whiskey, Rascal Flats, My Wish, you know, like shit like that. But for, for whatever reason in New Orleans, we usually get these kind of uh, more obscure songs, but good songs. But also songs that will never play again. So it's like you get the list of these songs, and then you know the producer will contact me, and it's like, hey, can you can you pull this off? And it's like three weeks out, and I'm like, I can pull anything off in three weeks, you know? So, like, yeah, you know, we'll do it. So we, you know, you learn these songs, and then you got you gotta you learn them, but then you know when it comes down to it, it's like you gotta know them, know them, right? So those are kind of the stressful moments. Is you get through that first 35, 45 minutes of it, and then it's like. Dance with somebody all night long, you know. It's yeah, like it's yeah, all yeah, it's yeah. all golden after that, mm -hmm. but it's uh, that's the stressful part, you know. And the biggest part for me as the like band leader for that band is 
just to organize all that, you know, with the planners and the mm. bride's mother, and everybody wants something, you know. My uncle's brother's cousin's dog wants to give a speech, you know, and all that shit. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, you know, all that. Let him talk on the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which hey. I which I love, by the way. It's like, hey, talk all you want, man. I'm on the clock. Exactly. <laughs> In the MJ Dardar band, like, the biggest challenge is trying to figure out what lyric MJ is going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> You should come to a Jean Bon Company game. <laughs> That's funny. We were talking about that. We were talking about the other day. So uh, I, I, I'm not gonna say the name yet, but uh, there was a, a person who was uh, who was talking uh, talking shit about me in a public uh, space, and Amber was sticking up for me. She's like, "Ain't nobody can talk shit about MJ. He's so nice. The only thing MJ ever does wrong is fuck up your lyrics." <laughs> I'm the only one that can talk shit about MJ. <laughs> nice. Only, only two songs that MJ forgets the lyrics for, and it's Faith, and which my is original favorite makes song sense, ever. That song. That song, like literally. Oh, the Big Rex texted, song. Yeah, yes. I texted Jerry a video one night. And like, I don't know. It had to be four thirty in the morning. I was like, don't have the coolest girlfriend ever. And it's just me, drunk as fuck, in bed, like shirtless, playing guitar, <laughs> titty hanging over the guitar. <laughs> Screaming. <laughs> Amber just soaking, uh, fucking singing the song. Oh. No, yeah. <laughs> Amber just singing the song, and I was like, don't have the coolest girlfriend ever. Jerry just, two hours later, thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shy. Sure, sure, man. Yeah. I will say, regardless. I cannot tell you how many people have so much fun at Jumbo and Company gigs. Like, just beyond. Everybody has a freaking blast every single time. How much money we got to make, though, at the Jumbo and Company gigs for me to get a shirt, though? Because I've been waiting on that for, like... I can show you what the shirt looks like now. It's not going to be that mustard yellow (sighs) shit you tried to get me. No, now it's like half torn I t- off. I tell him to get me a, a Jumbo and Company shirt, so he sends me a picture about how he, he, like he tried to screen print it, and then half the letters were fucking ripped off of it. He's like, I'm going to try again later, but the shirt was literally mustard yellow. I was like, when you try again later, then you can pick like any other fucking color. Dude, I swear to God, we, we were in Walmart, no. and she was like, just get a black one. And I was like, no, man, I know MJ. He would like a, this color. <laughs> Every time I see MJ, he's wearing a fucking black shirt. They're going to ban his name on the motherfucker. <laughs> uh, we'll get him to y'all one day. As long as it's not right before a gig. Because I stress out so bad before gigs. Because you. Christian always forgets something. It's at least three items. At, to the point where, what's it? Uh, Jerry the lives clip at life thing? with me, too. Yeah. What's the clip? Before I walk out the door, she goes, you have tuner, picks, capo. Capo, that. You want some advice? Buy an extra tuner, extra capo, extra picks, and keep it in your center console. I used to keep them in my purse. I, I, right now, I have a tuner and a one of his good, the maroon picks, in my purse, just in case. So that's the thing. I'm very forgetful, as Jerry can attest. I lose stuff all the time. And, uh, th- and nothing is off limits, either. Like, the other day I did a gig, I lost my microphone. Like, it was like, no microphone. Showed up at a gig, no mic. The one thing. Yeah, I was like, this, this is the only thing that I can't live without, and I don't have it, you know? And it was like, hey, you don't have, happen to have an extra one? I was like, no. And luckily, it was like rolling around on the back of Deanna's uh, Forerunner, because I, I basically played a gig at Lumiere, threw all my shit in the back of the car, <coughs> and I thought it was in there. I thought it was in my bag, and I took my bag out. I'm digging through it. can't find it. I'm like, fuck. And we're like 30 minutes from going on. And uh, luckily, I found it. So, uh, the Giga Lumiere, that was all live? Y'all were saying? Uh, yeah. It was recorded live. Yeah, so recorded live. Yeah. Straight yeah. live yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. 
Did y'all y'all knew before? I didn't. No, he sent it to me on a YouTube link that I think Mitchell had sent him afterwards, and then I didn't see anything really else about it. And then I'm I was sitting at a bar in Lafayette somewhere. And then somebody sends me a, a picture of the television at Mahoney's. It's playing live at the fucking bar. Uh, uh. Yeah, at Mahoney's nice. like the following weekend. I'm like, oh shit! How was, long was that? Four hours. Three, three hours. Three, three hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Original so we, stuff. Uh, mixture. I mean, you y'all do four hour gigs. Yeah, but I'm just like four hours. Yeah. So what we we did like a we did an hour set. We took a, a small break, and then Jerry came back. Jerry and I went back on. And did maybe thirty minutes, thirty five minutes acoustic. Oh, okay. And then another five ten minute break, and then we came back on for another hour or so. Full and, band, and finished it knocked full out. Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean that when you do the full, how many songs was the first album? Seven. Seven songs. Yeah. All right. So you have seven, which was six originals. We covered Anderson East, Satisfy Me. Satisfy, yeah, yeah. On the record. Um, did y'all play any new songs for that with that band? Yeah, we played well the two that we've released, which is in the dark and Mary. And Mary, yeah, yeah, we we played both of those. And then songs. we did a couple of other new songs. And the acoustic and set, the acoustic set yeah. yeah. Um, those songs, but I'm sorry, those two fucking songs are so good. Thank you, thanks, man. <laughs> it is so Thank fucking you. good. I don't even remember which ones we did. Just leave, I think. Just leave, yeah. yeah. We we have more songs than we need. Right now, yeah. nice. we're ready for record three, and record two's not out yet. You know, yeah. so that's where we're at right now. Do we have some kind of date for record two? So, the tentative original date was like this September twenty fourth, which won't happen. So, um, we've got—I can't remember the date of it—but there's a there's a Canal Bar show, I think in October maybe, that we're aiming for. And if not that, because we want to do release parties, the thing night comes out, right? Absolutely. Then we. Uh, We've got a November Varsity Baton Rouge and also a November Grouse Room, and so one of those days will work out. As a, mm -hmm. it, it just the, once we get closer to the production being done, and I can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, we'll figure out which day is is there. But right now, um, you know, I mean, I'm finished ish. I mean, I've got a few kind of cleanup things to do. Um, Jerry's probably the, the same. But there's a lot of production that's not been done yet. So we it's have a, one more day in the studio to record a string section. Yeah, we got a string section for a song, and then I've got to record. So that string section, that's actual strings? A cello player. Yeah, uh, Baton yeah. Rouge Symphony. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Jesus. So yeah, we, step it up. so, yeah, we got some. We still got some work to do. I mean, the rhythm tracks are done. I mean, yeah, the, the yeah. song structures are there, right? Yeah, it's just, we're decided in colors. Right, just that co kind of aspect. colors, background vocals, like mm -hmm. that's pretty it. much background vocals, percussion. I'm pretty much done. Yeah. yeah. So, I think I'm hoping by like, in the next two weeks, I can start to think about when we're gonna release it. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, we're we're getting mixes at this point. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's not gonna be like this long drawn out like Jean Bon Company thing. Like it's gonna be. Ooh. <laughs> Honestly, it's so hilarious when Ooh. you say it on the mic, though. I, I cry. I wish I had my fucking phone because today I got a two-year memory. Because last year today was not where I wanted to be. Mm. Um, but a two-year memory of me and Noogie recording the vocals for Faith in Here, and I was like, <laughs> I recorded that song. Two years before that, with Noogie, what are we doing this again for him? Well, that's what's funny. Whenever you first sent me the um, like the Google Sheets of like the lyrics, mm -hmm. and then you had some wave files with Noogie singing, I was asking him questions about it, 
And it, like it was like it wasn't in recent memory. And I'm like, how long did you fucking do this? Like I was thinking you had just done it and you were sending it to me to redo it, right? But then I figured out as I started listening to everybody tell the jokes that this has been going on for a while. A long time. But I will say it all came together whenever you sang it. I love Noogie and I love the way Noogie sang it. I really, really do, Noogie. I'm so sorry. But... Noog, she's not sorry. Um, <laughs> she's not fucking sorry, Noogie. So, uh, go back to those other two songs, Mary and In the Dark. Um, were, there, were those the first two written? They were in the dark. Yeah, in the dark was the first one written. So I don't, I don't think the importance is that whether or not they came first, but they were written as the bookends of the record. So, okay, so so yeah, yeah. It, it was like Mary was first, and in the dark was last, and then the uh, the the concept was for everything to come in between those two songs, mm-hmm. which is why they were released first. Um, I I don't I I can't remember if they were first or not, and. I mean, again, when you think about the way that the songs were were written initially, they were all done basically through voice memos. Like we were saying, yeah. So I, I had them all at some point, like at least the ideas of them all down, mm-hmm. right? Um, the story from start to finish was was done, and so um, the concept was that we were going to uh, we were going to do the first and last song and release them as singles, and then when the album released, everything in the middle would sort of fill in. I right? love that. So. In the Dark is going to be the last? In the Dark will be the last song. Awesome. Yeah. Nice. Let's take a listen to that now. You ready? Yeah. Cool. No. God damn it, Christian. Can we keep that in the podcast? Yes. <laughs> that was all on camera. <laughs> Dream that's gone too far 
So make me feel surprised And walk me through the night Things ain't always what they seem It ain't always black and white Scream like I'm a nightmare dream that's gone too far All the words, they make me shiver You only love me in the dark All the words, they make me shiver Oh, you only love me in heart only in the dark I think a mud bolt just passed I hear it it's a marsh buggy I still uh that sounded great by the way um thank you <laughs> minus the Kim Metalark parts you know Jay you do, you do, you do a pretty good job thanks you, but, you're almost as hot as her. No. <laughs> Hi, Kim. <laughs> Hi, Kim. Hi, Kim. Is that an Eminem song? Um, no, but the, the cars pass and everything. We've been tracking JP's um, new album. We did 11 songs, 12 songs or whatever. And on the last one, he was like, man, I don't know how. And it's the song Apple's. Mm. It, I don't know if you heard it. Oh yeah, no, I checked it. It's so fucking good. It's really good. Um, it's funny. I I listened to uh, well, JP and I did that songwriters thing with Jerry mm -hmm. and Taylor, and uh, I had never heard JP. I mean, I heard his record and uh, his videos he posts on TikTok and all that stuff, but uh, I didn't appreciate how he's a really good singer. I didn't appreciate that till that night, and uh, and so like humble. And naive, you know. I just it's I, it's actually awesome. Yeah, it's I, charming. I, I caught him that night, and I was like, "Dude, I said, you can really fucking sing, man." And he's like, "Really? Like, really?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, fucking really, dude. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fucking really, my guy." Yeah. yeah, yeah. He looks like genuinely surprised that he's a good songwriter and singer, like, yeah, and just a good dude. Like, it, it's like he's the last person to know. Like, Whenever we attract apples over here, he was like, "Dude, I don't know how well I would do it." I want to give it to them. I want them to listen to it. And I just don't know if, like, if I want a guitar, drums, anything. And he played it for me. 
I'm like, well, first of all, I was like, shut up and play it. He played it, and I was like, no, dude. This is what you need to do for that song. You need, let's put a microphone on your guitar and a microphone on your vocal, and you just sing it, and you just play it, and it's the last song on the record. Mm-hmm. Or let's make it a hidden song. I don't know. Just, it's only you yeah. that has L- to... L- little bonus track. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's only you. That's the only way that song, because there's nobody else that's going to be able to play guitar. He was like, well, look, I'll teach you how to play it right quick. I'm like, I can't play that. Mm-mm. I was like, I-, I haven't gone through that. Yeah, why would you want to put yourself there? Yeah, I haven't yeah. gone through that. It's like yeah. playing for a fucking wedding gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's no. like, I haven't gone through that. I can't do that. Um, Content delivery, that needs to be all him. Yeah. yeah. He played it, and then I was like, Jesus fucking that night. I I got, I got a lot of enjoyment out of watching him with the uh, y'all full band show y'all did for the festival. I forget what it mm. was. Oh. I don't, I don't So know. much enjoyment watching it. I did. No, it was <laughs> awesome because like, I feel like he probably hasn't experienced that quite as much as some of us yeah. you know to be able to go up there and, and do your stuff and have the comfort of having a, a backing band to be able to do songs and not have to play guitar and just mm-hmm. and just Bye. sing them which is what I do in my life you know <laughs> as I always tell people like if I had to go up there and like play guitar and sing for like anything it would take away from what I'm able to do because I, I'd be concentrating on things other than delivering the best song possible right was, I'm sorry this is a weird <laughs> fucking segue <laughs> Jean Bon Company album oh thought you talking about something else mm-hmm. Heaven mm-hmm. at the end of it I was like man MJ uh, it's really good you, you sang the chorus perfectly I was like I need some ad libs into it Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't even fucking start with me. <laughs> oh, I can feel a thing. Mm, I can feel a thing. So I, was like, I lost my mind in the studio that so, night. So Jerry's in the back corner, all the way in the back corner with headphones on. He's fucking eating just Robitussin and uh, whatever. He's sick as a dog. And um, I was like, yeah, it just, I want you, like, let's think. Um, which is funny because a lot of people ask me if it's a religious album, <coughs> which I guess because of the name of the songs, sure. what it's about or whatever like that. Um, but at the end of it, I was like, man, I need you to be act like a preacher in a church, just going off, just saying all these crap, praise me, Lord, all this stuff or whatever like that. And, okay. All right. That's the energy. That's the energy you need. Okay. I got you. And goes off, start down, um, ad lib, ad lib, ad lib. We listen back and we're like, "All right, that's good." You're like, "All right, that's it." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." Each each section add a part. You're like, "All right." He goes and adds part, add a part, add a part, and I'm like, "All right, that's cool." And I'm like, "All right, let's redo this last one." So he goes, "All right, redo the last one," and he's sitting there and he goes, mm, "Wash me in the water, baby. Mm, I want you to feel this thing." <laughs> <laughs> That's when I lost me and, it. Me and Jerry just <laughs> from across the room. No, and locked it, the best part about it is you kept it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we stopped yeah. and we listened to it, and I was like, "Yeah, I sit there." I looked at you, and I, I remember just covering my face so I wouldn't lose it on mic. He looks over and he goes, and then Jay goes, uh, "Was is that good?" And me and me and Jerry both had the face of he has no idea what the fuck he just said. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and I go, uh, 
And I go, did, did he just say wash me down in the water? And Jerry goes, and I want you to feel this thing? <laughs> and he goes, no. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Robbie Robbie was sitting there. I brought that good scotch that night. Robbie was like, I don't know. Let's play it back. Yeah, I think I drank a fifth of glue out of it. Play it back. And he was like, you're goddamn right. It would have been cooler if it was Bishop's Finger, though. You know? <laughs> Bishop's Finger. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even want to know. Oh, Bishop's Finger is a whiskey. Oh. Oh, but I feel like there was a story behind it. No, I, I, my brain went somewhere you else. Know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Christian song, feel your thing. Bishop's, Bishop's finger. finger. You got. Ah, oh, here we go. Now we're hey, now we're, we all come full circle. I'm trouble. <laughs> I did show somebody. I didn't want to have to explain it for the listeners, but no. Oh, no, please don't. My little sister watches. <laughs> I did have to explain to somebody the other day, though. I was showing him, and I forgot that he's a really religious person. Mm. And he was like, oh, yeah, I heard Bubba's new album came out. And I was like, yeah, look, here it is on Spotify. And he's scrolling through it. He's like, heaven, faith. He's like, does he sing Christian music? I was like, oh, no. Well, his name's no, Christian, no. and it's music. So it was close, but very, very yeah, far. <laughs> That's fucking great. That's fucking... <laughs> no, but... um. Should have called the record that. That's fucking great. That's fucking great. Yeah. Second album. <laughs> second album. Actually, the second one, you just said we just bring it full circle. The second one is actually going to be called Halfway to Full Circle. Mm. So maybe the third one. All right. Third one's going like to be it. Perfect Circle? No. Mm. No. I thought it was funny. No, I tried to buy the trademark. Damn, like, that's fucking great. No, that was, uh, it was awesome having you on that. Um, cause that was a song that's, that's probably the most personal song, uh, that I've ever written. That song at first was called red. Um, and the chorus was the second verse of that song where it's, um, Oh God, I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> verses. Uh, sights aimed at my head, all covered in red. Yeah. I screamed out, "Now tell me what this all about." Mm -hmm. Good and job. then that's when I was like, "You were like, how do you want me to sing that last part?" I scream out, "Now tell me what it's all about." Oh, that's when we did. It. Tell me what it's all yeah. about. And yeah, that's when Jerry jumped up and we're like, "There needs to be a harmony on top of it." And yeah. I was like, "All right, jump up and do it." You don't want me to do it. <laughs> And he jumped up and he had like bronchitis times like a thousand or whatever. And it was, it was, it was good. Thank you. <laughs> you did so, way better when you reached out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, a uh, question for you. Were those songs kicking around the calling home time? Some of them? Because they, I don't, I don't want to say they sound familiar, but I remember when we were working on songs after the calling home record. They sound familiar, like. I always wanted to uh, ask you that. One, I wrote one, one of them. He stole from Whiskey Myers. One of them. I can't remember which one. Oof. Uh, I mean, he's not wrong. I can remember because I called Misky, Mr. Whiskey. No, the chorus for War. I wrote um, in 2014. Wrote it down. I was like, man, I want to do something with this. And then actually, yesterday came or yesterday day before was two year three year anniversary for mama said mm, yeah that we had tracked right 
and um, I came out with the chorus for War before that, and I wanted to give it to Colin Home, and I was like, they wouldn't get it. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be delivered the way I want it to be delivered. Yeah, yeah. I thought I remember you playing me some of that stuff though, but yeah. back then I remember we, Jerry and I, were on the way to Audio Smith. The I think first night we were gonna do vocals, and he was uh, he's like, "You got those songs on your phone?" I was like, "Yeah." So we listened to a couple of the 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 tracks that you know, original Wayfaz you had sent mm-hmm. with Noogie singing, and even in their raw form. Like, I knew, like, from the get-go that war was going to be solid. Like, the hook was already there. And that was even without really understanding the song. Like, just hearing just the the melody of the hook. I was like, this is this is a well-written song. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew when we went in there that that one was going to that one was gonna kill. I, I actually really... I don't know this for certain because you can never tell, but when you look at the, your songs on the Spotify, they're typically in order of, I believe, in plays, right? How many times they've been streamed. Um, and heaven is like the fifth one. Yeah, it's the last one. And I, I, that's my favorite one. Um, and it's not. I, I don't think it's commercially as good as War. I think that's probably the best no, one. Yeah. But I just love the lyrics of the song. Um, everything about it. I, yeah. I, another thing too is like I always have this concept in songwriting where like the best song you can write is the song that you can get to the point in the shortest amount of time. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you the story from here to hear in three minutes and to me that song is better than if I can get to hear and hear in six minutes right yeah and war is I mean a heaven is it's a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and that's it but it's very very powerful in mm-hmm. just those two lines right um, and so I just felt like as a from, as a from a songwriter's perspective it was very well written um, and it got to the point you Thank know you. the quickest so I really love that song I always appreciated it from the get-go and even like when we did I mean I got the first couple rough mixes back from you and Rob and let a few like select people listen to it and uh, they were like wow song's really good so uh, I always did I always did like that's always been my favorite I mean it would always be my favorite one from that record that one I mean so uh, that song if you want to get deep for a second is actually um, oh you can feel a thing how deep this song is and you added that on top of it made it just so much better Uh, just Um, just digging ditches with that thing (laughs) 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 we're going back and re-recording like a a ditch witch (laughs) well I got a whisker do whisker don't welcome welcome to my life You can imagine Jerry Jefferson like, man, MJ, we need a. Um, so we had this last song on the record. Um, you had this one part. Let's work on it. <laughs> Fucking MJ just. Yeah, yes. boss. Yes, I'm here. I'm showing up. Oh yeah. Fuck you got. Mm-hmm. But that song, um, like I was saying earlier, was originally called Red. Uh, the second verse where it says sights aimed at my head all covered in red I screened up now tell me what's this all about or however it goes screamed uh, out she, she mean however she knows I screamed you out you should fucking know <laughs> <laughs> um when I was 12 years old me and my dad's ex-wife went to the Walmart in Homa on Martin Luther King and we were just shopping around wasting time uh my sister was at school at vanderbilt in uh the after school band 
whatever. So we were just bullshitting, walking around. And after we had checked out, we're walking out and uh, I heard two loud pops. And in my mind at that time, it sounded like balloons. I mean, you're Martin Luther King, so it's probably gunshots, you know. So I keep walking, and there's glass all over the ground. And I was like, what the fuck? And I look, and there was two Timberland boots. And I looked up, black jeans, white beater, and a gun pointed at me. And he said, not you. And pointed the gun to the left and shot this woman in the head. While you was in fucking Walmart? Walmart and Martin Luther King. You could look this up. Bruh. And you were like 12? Yeah. Wow. Damn. So, shot her and it ended up being her, uh, his, like, uh, girlfriend or some ex-girlfriend or whatever like that. She was working at the old photo shoot spot they used to have right mm-hmm. there. Now it was just like a little fucking grocery. Yeah, the little one-hour or, photo booth doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he shot her and then ran off and I was just fucking standing there like, what is a 12-year-old supposed to fucking do? And I... And my stepmom at the time came and grabbed me, and she ducked me off behind a fucking ice machine where you can grab bags of ice. She was like, stay right here. And she ran off, and then cops showed up, whatever, and they grabbed me, and I, like, had to give a full description and everything of the guy. And I was still just chilling, like, panicking the fuck out, didn't know what the fuck was happening or whatever. Um gave the police report in the back of the car you know and they ended up finding the guy or whatever but those lyrics sights aimed at my head all covered in red he when he shot her at fucking wow. well now I'm never gonna forget those lyrics Jesus Christ dude. Fuck story. you should have shared that with you while you were tracking yeah that. dude I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm making the Martin Luther King gunshots joke he's like no really somebody tried to fucking shoot me I mean it's homo you know it's homo wow you, uh, you go on the good side okay now too. though well, yeah. No. Can we what re-record it? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Damn wow. Christian. I mean, well, that's a. Uh, it's something like that that happens. It's a uh, something like, the song "War" that happens, where we were saying I didn't want to share it on the album, because mm-hmm. um, it was too personal for me. You know, I was like, I don't want to give these guys this and then just go and just. We were too young at the time to for them to understand the emotions I needed out of them to actually record it. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, that goes into, you know, I still have songs. I still have songs from that Colin Home album that didn't make it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have one that I got JP over here the other day. We tracked it. Um, it's a weird thing to sit on a song for so long and to not do anything with it. So how many songs is the new album? It's nine. Nine? Nine, probably, yeah. Nine. yeah. nine songs? Mm-hmm. God, it's fucking long. Yeah, um, I mean, we wrote a lot of songs. Um, we didn't finish a lot of songs. I think we finished 12, 13. Yeah. I mean, basically what we did was we got in a room, not in a room, in a call, with uh, me, Jerry, and the two producers, and basically had sent them all the demos. It was like everybody sort of got a vote, you know, mm-hmm. hey, well, except us. Except us, right? So I mean, because ultimately I knew I had the I'll last. Like to know ultimately, I knew I had the last vote. Like I was like, mm-hmm. even if I want something bad enough, 
it's, it's fucking going on the record, right? But I wanted to hear other people's opinions, and and, and I think we went, we wound up just going with the consensus. Yeah, we didn't we didn't put up any fight, yeah. even though. So it's a it's a it's not easy to sit there and have people say you know this song we don't think this song belongs on the record, and some of the songs they didn't pick, probably my favorite songs. Yeah, like I mean, we're gonna we're gonna play one a little later for you. This um, um, kind of acoustic song that we put together right at the end. Um, that I I threw it in the mix at the end, you know, mm. and uh, was sent it to them. And I honestly thought that they would pick it. I, don't I know, thought they were gonna. Pick I thought it. they would. And then when it came back, it was just like ah, maybe not for this one. I don't think it's ready. Blah blah blah. But when it was all said and done, I I accepted what they said. And then I told Jared, I was like, we're going to record that song at some point. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> yeah, yeah, that song is getting recorded. Yeah. And then we, the, literally the day that we had the conference call with the label, we turned in a song that we weren't even caring about. Like, I almost didn't send it in. Same, yeah. Like, we had did a pre-production, and I, I thought nothing was wrong with the song. It just, it didn't, it wasn't exactly what I had envisioned for it, and I'll tell you this, just a, like a background on the writing thing. Normally, the songs are generally written between Jerry and I in a shorter amount of time than they last. Mm-hmm. Like we finished Fast. in like a minute and a half, the song is like I know what parts are in the song and it's over, and then, then we just have to record it, right? And this song, it it took work. Like it was like mm-hmm. there was a version of it, and I was like, eh, and it was like speed it up, slow it down, and it was like I don't like this, I don't like that. Like we him all on it for a while, and finally we we had something. And uh, and I was like, you know what? That's good enough. Let's just throw it in the box and give it to the label. And then that was one of the first songs they called out. They it was like, like the second song yeah, they picked. I was like, holy shit. I didn't think that one was going to make the cut. I so. didn't even think they would have listened to it. We waited till the last day. But you got to realize, too, like, whenever you're doing this, I mean, I know you know this as a, as a songwriter, you listen to something over and over again, and you're, like, to yourself, and even especially if it's been around for a while, and it becomes noise at some point. It becomes like yep. white noise where you can't hear it like it should be heard. Mm-hmm. Like someone else has to hear it. And no one else had ever heard it. So it was just like to us, I had sent I, had, I sent Jerry the, the uh, voice memo for this song during the first record. And it we, we tried a couple things out and it, it didn't work and then we just shelved it. And then when we came in to start writing for this record, I was like, well, let's not forget about this song. Let's see what we can do with it. And then... Nothing ever really like was like gotta have it, you know, and uh, and so we finally, you know, during pre-production in his studio, we we put something together, and put everything in a Dropbox file, sent it to the label, and it was like second song, second, third song, something. Yeah. And they were like, "Yep, that's that's got to be on there." I'm like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, they didn't even like there was no critique of the song. Like that song's on. Yeah, that song's on it. I'm like, okay. and then they moved on to the next song. <laughs> yeah. It was like side text. What? Yeah, I was like, why? Why is that on there? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so because it was so high on the list, I was like, I'm not gonna kick it off because clearly they're hearing something that I'm not hearing, you know. So I didn't want to just get rid of it. Yeah, and uh, we ended up revisiting it after that and changing it. We changed the tempo. Changed the tempo. Yeah. Just because, like, I, I had to really, like, get outside of myself and go, what is bothering me about the song? Is it the lyrics? Is it the music? It just didn't groove the way I wanted it to. So we changed the tempo, and it changed everything. I, I love it. I mean, it's probably not going to be, like, a big single from it, but, like... Yeah. It was like a, it was like a mid... It was like a low-to-mid-tempo song, which, is, to me, is always weird. It's like... 
songs are great with they're slow or they're fast, right? It's like the mid tempo stuff is kind of always weird. Like it's got to be really good to be good. And uh, this one just was lyrically is important to the record, which that's one reason why I'm very excited about it being there mm-hmm. because it makes a lot of sense for this. You know, the record's called The Reason Why, but in my mind, it's the story of Mary, which is the first song. It's like the, mm-hmm. the record is the story of Mary, and this song is critical to that. And uh, and so I'm glad that it made the cut and that we were able to put something together that would make it. Um, but just the idea that it was so high on their list was, was really weird. And that song's called You Like It, um, which we will, uh, you, you won't hear that till the record comes out. <laughs> yeah, because I don't remember. How are we not about to play that right no, now? I'm we, about to say we are not going to play that. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember it. No, yeah. I was sitting over here trying to figure out how to segue, and then how we doing this? Nah. No segues. You'll hear it whenever yeah. it comes. I mean, <laughs> nice. We're gonna probably play an unreleased song that may or may not ever come out. And- yeah. So I mean, I think the segue was that the the song that got cut mm-hmm. was the last song that we wrote together before we went into the studio. Um. This was a song, so the song was weird. So I um, had a, a friend of mine who's an event planner in New Orleans. Her name's Angela Babin, and she sent me a, um, she sent me a, a, a kind of like a book of lyrics, and she wanted somebody to help her write songs and uh, out of these lyrics, which for me is easy because that's how I write songs. Exactly how I write yeah. songs, yeah. So, um, so she gave me a few things, and I and I sort of handpicked the stuff that I liked from multiple songs, where they made sense. It was like I didn't necessarily pick it from one place, and uh, I I grabbed a couple of things that she had done, a couple of lyrics that actually Jerry had done, and um, and then there was a song that I wrote probably back in, let's say two thousand and three or four, and this song the song at the time was called So Wrong, and the band I was in was called Radio Dive. Um, for everybody that's listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. Um, and uh, and so it was a montage basically of those three things, like all combined together musically and lyrically. And uh, and once it was all put together, I was like, "Fuck, this is great!" And um, I really thought it would have been one of the yeah. one of the especially lyrical one. content. Lyrical content was I was like, "This is gonna be one of the well, ones." It, so so, timing. I never did ask you this question. We were writing for another project. That may or may not happen, and I remember we were texting, and I said, "Well, what about this lyric?" And I sent you the lyric while you were working, I guess, on the song. You're like, "No, we're keeping that lyric." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And then a minute later, you sent me a video of that lyric in a song. Yeah, yeah that was it. So that, you were sitting there writing the song. I was writing that song already while I sent you the. While lyric. you sent me the lyric, when you sent me the lyric, I was like, "Oh, this would be cool right here." And okay. then I just added. I, I never asked you that question. No, but that's I was like, <laughs> I literally, I'm driving back from New Orleans. I sent him the lyric from my notepad. Five minutes later, he sends me a video of the song. Because I was in the <laughs> middle of writing this song, oh. and, and something was missing from the chorus. And I just, I couldn't figure it out. And then when he sent me the lyrics, and I was like, I kind of added a new part to the beginning of the chorus. And I was like, oh, that's this is it. This is fits. All right, here we go. So then I videoed myself kind of playing and singing. He's like, you just did that? I'm like. Yeah, I mean, generally speaking, for the it last just, 10 it hours. Just, it just came up. <laughs> yeah, so, it, it, like, you kind of wonder when timing happens with stuff like that. Like, out of the blue, we just, like, hey, check this lyric out. He just happens to be sitting on a bed. While doing it, yeah. 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 And that also, that goes into the whole, um, one of my favorite um, ideologies of it, or quotes or whatever, is John Mayer. Mm-hmm. That you can write a banger. Don't even get me started. 
Yes. <laughs> write a banger and you're like, this is it. This is the song. Might have been my heaven. Which I at first, actually, when I was recording a song, it was hella high water. I was like, that's a single. And you were like, nah, dog, where's your single? Yeah. And Robbie looks over and goes, nah, dog, where's your single? No, I knew I knew, like, I knew, where was a single from the get. Yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying. From my aspect, I'm like, hella high water, that's it. That's a single. You think you write a song, and you're like, that's it. Mm. People are going to go fucking nuts over it and then you 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 go and you release it and it's gonna explode but like when you are john mayer like you you're probably like <laughs> you're you're probably like smarter than that like you can figure that out on your own but when you're like me like you gotta you gotta let other people hear well that's what i'm you know that's what I mean? where i'm getting at is when you're like this song and john mayer has probably got a big enough schlong to be like i don't care what you think is the best song just the fucking single right yeah. like I don't have I don't have that I mean oh. I got the schlong but not the you know but where he's like he's like no this isn't the... <laughs> everybody just caught that alright cool. yeah it was like you were trying so hard to be no Jerry says it was nice headphones <laughs> it's like metaphorical schlong though. metaphorical like, schlong okay. yeah wash me down in the water I want you to <laughs> But he's like, man, you got this song, and like that's gonna be it. It's gonna fucking explode, and then mm-hmm. you give it to the people. You give it to the people, like you were saying. It's it's when you listen to a song that you've written for a long time, it just becomes white noise at that point. Yeah. Then you give it to fresh ears, and they're like, mm, nah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Well, one thing I, I said this in another interview before, but one of the things that I did this record that I didn't do on the last one. When we, when we recorded the last record, we did like a, we did pre-production tracks. We went in the studio and did you know rhythm tracks. We added keyboards, we added guitars, horns. We added horns. We two, added, two different horn sections. We added scratch background ground vocals. We added real background vocals. And through all those iterations of every song, I listened to them all incessantly. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I got the mixes for the songs that were going to be on the record. I could not even hear these songs anymore. Like, exactly, yeah. It, I, it was just fucking just jumbled noise in my ear, right? Jumbled noise. And uh, and when the record came out, I, I listened to it on Spotify the first day it came out, and I literally never put it on again for months because I had just heard it so much. And with this record, I did the opposite of that. Like, I, I we did the pre-production. I listened to them all to make sure that I was comfortable with the pre-production. When the studio did all that sent everything you know everybody had everything in their dropbox files and it was you know and that's the stuff they're working on now and um and now robbie is sending me mixes of the songs that are you know the comped vocals with all the parts that everybody's done Mm -hmm. and i'm listening to those and i won't listen to these songs again until we have mixes like full mixes of the songs because i want to be able at the end of it to understand what has been done from start to finish so you you know i feel like i can't do that if i listen to literally every iteration of the mix i'm so i am gonna chime (laughs) in right here right now i'm so glad that you brought that up because christian used to be so annoyed because he would be like oh baby robbie just sent me this you want to listen to it i'm like but we're gonna need supper with your grandparents like let me get in that mind frame and he's like no shh and he just puts the radio loud. And if I try to say anything, like any little critique, 
turns down. Well, well, now what, Amber? I'm like, well, baby, I've heard it like so many times already. You didn't hear this one part that changed. He listens to every single last little thing. And then he would also get... Well, it did go on for like, you know, two decades. Literally since we've been together. So since we've been together, I've been having to listen to this same fucking shit. Five songs. Literally five, five, five songs. Five songs. Five songs. And that's why I know the lyrics so good, because guess where my head lays? Directly on the other side of where that pallet board stops, or whatever stops. And that's why I know the lyrics so good, because he would listen to it and listen to it and listen to it, and it became white noise to me. It was. I just love that you said that, and that's all that was. I love your music, baby, and I love you. I love all of it. But at one point, it was just... You got to be able to almost forget it at some point. Like yeah. I, about two months ago, um, funny because Jerry always tells me I forget lyrics to songs. Most of the time, it's my own songs. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I had, there was a couple of points. It was Read Your Mind. Every time we play Read Your Mind, something goes through That's my head. funky, funky one? Yeah, yeah. Some, something goes through my head where like I forget how many times we do stuff, you know? And it's not the words. It's just the arrangement I mm. forget. So... He, we're playing this show in Thibodeau. It's uh, untapped. Uh, it's a beer tasting event for like DSLD Homes or something like that. And uh, at the end of the show, after I had fucked it up, you know, he says, uh, he says, MJ. I was like, what? He's like, you ought to listen to Russ, dude. It's a pretty good fucking record. <laughs> I was like, what the fucker, man? So I literally, like that week, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I, I need to go like re-listen to this. So it had been like it had been like almost a year since I heard it, and uh, I put it on and I listened to it from start to finish, and I was like, "Cool, like I love this," or like I I, I wish this would be different, or like, no, I, I was able to critique it from like an outsider's perspective because mm. I hadn't heard it in so long, and that's one thing that you lose if you listen to every version of every mix all the way through the process. So like I definitely don't want to do that. Like so I'm I'm like purposefully. Rob will send me a mix. I listen to it one time, and it's like, I don't like this. I like that. Like, I want, I want to fix this, and then I just put it away and I wait for mm -hmm. the next one. Um, because if I just listen to it over and over again, it just. It but just, your job's gonna be way different than that, right? Not so much. Um, I'm not you obsessing. Still try to do the same thing. I'm not obsessing about it. Um, when I listen to a mix, I have a notepad open, and it's gonna be first gut reaction of this needs to be loud or this. I'm, I'm not gonna drive myself crazy because uh, very I feel like that's all maturity at that point yeah because Russ really did kind of drive us crazy yeah it wore me out yeah it did and this record every mix sounds really fresh to me like it happened fast it was easy another thing too for Russ was like I self-imposed a release date on everybody to like rush mm. the record so like this is so what do I did so like we went in the studio and recorded everything and then I uh, contracted out an artist to do the the album cover I put the songs in order that I want them to be in and I set a release date before before the record was ever done before we made the record yeah before we made the record I, I had the album cover and the back cover with the songs in order yeah before we recorded it yeah and so like they were of course that the intent was to apply pressure on the people that were doing it hold on <laughs> good yeah y'all really like each other 
Because yeah. I would have told you, fuck you, <laughs> a long fucking time yeah. ago. I wasn't worried about him telling me fuck you. I was worried about Robbie, but Robbie actually loved it. Like Robbie, Robbie was it. like, no, I like this. This kind of this gives me kind of like a, a marching order of like what I need to do and what I need to do about it. It's different. Yeah, it's, it's very different. big schlong energy. Big schlong energy. Yeah, but also, but uh, it, but it put it put pressure on everybody, but pressure in a sense on me too, where like I felt like. I had to give critique of all these mixes mm. because I didn't want to wait two or three days or not listen to something and him come down the road and be like, well, the reason why I'm not done with this is because you didn't do this. So like I, yeah. I can listen, 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 give you timestamps of stuff and, and we keep fixing it to where this record, like I made it clear to everybody, like we are on, we are on no time constraint. Like there is no release date. Mm. Like these are the songs whenever they're done and we feel like we're in a good place where we can pick a release date we will and i think that's where we are now you know it's we're like, close yeah it's good it'll it's, it's gonna work out so we're gonna do this here's a song that you're not gonna hear on the album <laughs> Don't get 
forget what I came here for So when you stop believing we were good from the start Then I'll stop pretending I didn't break your heart And now that this life is mine You don't get to love me all the time And you, you're the reason I lost myself And even though you love me, I'm somebody else Sugar, I'm somebody else Even though you love me, I'm somebody else